0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: You know, a few weeks ago, we started a series in Nehemiah and we wanted to look at the life of a really an extraordinary Jewish man who really decided to address really it wasn't his problem it was but it was his people's problem it was the the fact that the city of Jerusalem was vulnerable it had these torn down walls from god's punishment of them 80 years before because of their sin and and the fact that they were not allowed to rebuild those walls, and the people were distressed and vulnerable. They were basically vulnerable to attack, and they were they were living in shame because their great city was not whole again. And so Nehemiah had a burden, and he prayed about that burden. He went to the Lord. The Lord opened the door for him to, to address the problem, and we saw that the last two weeks. Now we're going to get into, in our study of Nehemiah, his addressing the problem. We're going to see what he did to tackle the issues of the broken walls of the city. Now, how do you do that? And how do you do that quickly? And we're going to see him addressing these problems. How does he rely on God To deal with those issues. And we're going to learn from how it he does so that we can address the issues in our lives. Because let's just be honest, we've talked about this for the last two weeks. The broken walls basically signify the wholeness and the protection and the well-being of the city. And if you were to be honest with yourself and look at your life, your marriages, your families, even this church... You would recognize that there are broken walls in our lives, aren't there? Symbolically, there are broken walls, and we've grown used to them. Oh, we live with the vulnerability of them, and oh, we live with the shame of them, but we've grown used to them, and maybe we've even grown indifferent to them because maybe we've kind of given up because this problem isn't going away. That person isn't changing, right? So what do I do about it? And maybe through the series, God is starting to talk to you about the broken walls in your life and having faith to believe Him to guide you through the process of rebuilding those walls. So today, we're going to talk about the decision to do something. Nehemiah is going to challenge the people of Jerusalem about their situation. We're going to look at it here in a moment. Folks, To be honest with you, hopefully from this message, you will be challenged. What do you mean? You will be challenged about whether or not it's time to do something about your broken walls. It's time to do something about the broken walls in your life, in your marriages, in your families, in the church. It's time for you to make a decision. Are you tired of living the way life is right now? Well, I'm waiting, George, for this to happen or this person to do that. No, I'm not asking you about your waiting. I'm not asking you about how the other person's doing. I'm not asking you about this situation, whether you've got the finances to handle it, whether you've got the brain power to do it. I'm not asking you about that. I'm asking you about you. That's really what we're going to see come out of this passage. Are you willing to make a decision to do something? You say, I'm not there yet. I understand that. But let's learn the faith principles to maybe draw us to that point to do something. So I want you to notice with me, as we get into Nehemiah now, it gets a little bit more technical, a little bit more detail about what the condition of the walls are and the work and so forth. So we're going to start, though, in verse 11. We're going to go through verse 20. I'm not going to read all of the verses because some of it is just basically his survey of the condition of the walls around Jerusalem. Look with me at verse 11. So when I came to Jerusalem and was there three days, then I arose in the night, and I and a few men with me, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate, to the serpent well and to the refuse gate to view the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. Go down to verse 16. And the officials did not know where I had gone, nor what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the others who did the work. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and the gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words, which he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us, therefore we, his servants, will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Interesting passage, isn't it? We're going to look at this passage, and we're going to see five faith principles. Five faith principles about the broken walls. We're going to see the faith principles as Nehemiah lives them out. And then we're going to see what they are for us as we try to address the broken walls in our lives. So the first thing I want you to see in verse 11, I think this is very interesting. Verse 11 tells us he comes to Jerusalem and he kind of stays put for three days. So he doesn't immediately go and do something. He doesn't show up and say, hey guys, I'm here, let's take care of the walls. He doesn't do that. He hangs out for three days. On the third day, he does something very interesting. And so here's the point. Nehemiah surveyed the scope of the broken walls. Here's what he did. He decided it's time to figure out exactly what the problem is. So he took a few men with him, probably his bodyguards, because remember, he's the governor now, took a few men with him, got on his horse, went out a certain gate, and he decided to ride his horse around the city and take a look at how big is the problem and believe me folks as you read the two verses that we didn't read it's pretty big the walls are all the way around the city are broken down in places the gates no longer have gates on them they're burned with fire they're open there are places where literally his horse can't go. He has to get off of his horse and make the trek himself by foot. He surveyed the issue. He went to look exactly how big is the problem. Because before, remember, he's only gotten reports of it. He didn't understand how enormous the task was. So he decided to survey the situation and look at what the problem is now here's the faith principle you must realistically examine and understand the problem you might be saying well george i already know what the problem is yeah i've got a broken wall in this situation and i already know what the problem is the problem is the other person it's not me i'm okay i've been okay in this situation My friends, you are deceiving yourself. Do you understand me? You are completely blind if you think the problem is only because of something else other than you. Why can you say that, George? How can you say that? How can you be so sure that I'm part of the issue because you're a human being and everybody has a part in the problem? Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody. So you look at the situations that have broken walls in your life, it's not just somebody else, it's you. And maybe the first place is the arrogance that you have that makes you think that you don't have any problem. That's arrogant. And maybe there needs to be a little bit of humility to take a step back and say, okay, let's look at what the real issues are. I mean, I've got a perspective, but what is the full perspective? And so you take the time to what? What? examine and understand the problem. Now, can I be honest with you? For some of us, you know what that means? For some of us, you have to be willing to listen. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the problem is is we got a pride issue. We've already figured it out and it's everybody else's problem. No, 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 no. If you're going to look at it realistically and if you're going to examine the problem and understand it, part of the issue is that sometimes you just need to be quiet and listen to what other people are saying because sometimes other people have a perspective that you don't have. And they understand the broken walls a whole lot better than you think. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes it takes... Talking to people and listening to what they say. So you've got to realistically examine and understand the problem. That's what's going on here. So if you're looking at, do you want to deal with it? You're tired of having this broken wall in your life? Take a step back. Look at what's really going on and be realistic and understand it. Here's the second thing Nehemiah did. I thought this was very interesting. Look at what he did. He examined the walls secretly. He didn't call a committee. He didn't call a group of the nobles and the priests together and say, okay, let's, let's have a discussion. Let's have a group think here. What, what really is the problem here in Jerusalem? How bad are the walls? And, and isn't it possible that maybe they're just a little crumbly in places and, and we could just fix them up a little bit normal? And, and, I mean, he didn't have a group think about it. He went and dealt with it. What? secretly. He didn't let anybody know what he was doing. In fact, it's mentioned twice there. Look with me. Verse 12, he said this, And I and a few men with me, I told no one what God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. Then look at verse 16, And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told. And he goes through the list of people there. He's not revealing what he's interested in doing. And notice something. It's not just what he's interested in doing. Verse 11 tells you it's what God had put in his heart. All right, so I want you to listen to me. you got broken walls in your life. And you're sitting there and you're, you're sitting to yourself and you're saying, I want to do something about it. I, w- I don't want these broken walls anymore. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? you have that desire in your heart? you want to deal with the broken walls, right? Can I tell you? That is not just from you. Dealing with the broken walls in your life, dealing with the broken walls in your relationships, dealing with the broken walls in your marriage, dealing with the broken walls in your family, dealing with the broken walls even in the church, that didn't just come from you. That just didn't emerge in your heart that you want something different, that you want wholeness, that you want healing there. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's because somebody put that desire there. Because remember, even just a little bit ago, you were indifferent to it. You had written it off. You had grown used to the fact that it wasn't going to be healed anymore. It wasn't going to be rebuilt. You had come to the place of making the decision, I guess I'm just going to have to live with it. So where did all of a sudden that desire to deal with it come from? I'm going to tell you right now, it didn't come from Satan. Because he wants the walls broken in your life, right? That desire that emerged in your heart to do something came from one source only, God. But I want you to notice now, but Nehemiah doesn't tell that to everybody. Nehemiah examined the walls secretly. So here is the second faith principle. Now you're going to wonder about this one, but you need to understand it. You don't have to reveal your intentions to everyone. God's put a desire in your heart. God says to you, you need to do something about this broken wall. You need to do something about this situation in your marriage. You need to do something about this situation in your family. You need to do something about this situation at work. You need to do something about this at church. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to tell everybody that. Because a lot of times when you tell them, they're not necessarily what? Supportive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard this one? We've been down this road before. You said you were going to do this once before. Remember how that went. You only made it worse. Now we got a bigger problem, a bigger hole in the wall. God's saying to you, you don't have to reveal everything. In fact, it's interesting. Proverbs says that. He talks about a king in Proverbs and, and I guess Nehemiah is a governor, but think about this proverb from Proverbs 25 verse 3. As the heavens... For the height and the earth for a depth, so the heart of the king is unsearchable. What does that mean? It talks about kings not revealing everything they're going to do. Do you understand? So there you are. You've decided God's put in your heart to deal with this issue. But you don't have to tell everybody about it. God in his time will let you know when and who and how to reveal it but you're going to trust him. Do you understand It's between you and him? That's what's going on here with Nehemiah. That's important for you to understand. Why is it important that you don't have to share that with everybody? Because I'm telling you, as soon as you reveal it to people, you make yourself vulnerable to people attacking you. Because maybe you have some past failures on your part, but they'll attack you. And what happens with that attack, your faith in this issue being solved is what? diminished. You're not sure anymore. You're not. You ever done that? Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to take care of this issue. And and everybody else is like, I don't see it. And then you begin to what? Wonder if you got God right. You don't have to reveal everything. That's an important faith lesson. Let's look at the third one. Let's look at what's going on here. So he finally decides to gather the Jews together, the, the priests and the noblemen of Jerusalem to have a conversation with them about the situation so now he's going to reveal what's going on so I want you to see in verses 17 through 18 he gives them a challenge he challenges them and folks let's be honest when you talk about the broken walls in your life you need to be challenged So let's take a look. Verse 17, we're going to see the first one. I said to them, you see the distress that we are in and how Jerusalem lays waste and the gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Here's what I want you to see. Nehemiah challenged the Jews to admit the reality of their situation. He says to them, look guys, I took a journey around I took a look at it. You know what it's like. I just showed up here and it's bad. You've been living with this every day. You know what it's like when people come to rob you. You know what it's like to have no protection whatsoever. You know what it's like to live in the shame. He challenges them to admit the reality of their situation. Here's the third faith principle. You have to admit and own The reality of your problem. Life isn't wonderful. You can't overlook it. And if you've got broken walls in your life, the thing that you need to do is, number one, admit that they're broken. That things aren't going well. Do you understand? You've got to admit it. And the second thing is not just admit it. You've got to own it. That gets back to what? Understanding the issue. And it's not everybody else's problem, but it's what? Your problem as well. And that you've got a part in it. You've got to own the problem. You've got to not just admit that there's a problem. You've got to own it. You say, wait a minute, George. What does that have to do with faith? I thought we're talking about a faith principle here. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When you come to a place of admitting it and owning it, you realize that you can't do anything about it. And you have to put your faith in who to do it? God. Because he's the only one who's gonna help you to what? Rebuild those walls. See, that's what you've got to do. You've got to allow God's spirit to work in you to come to the place of admitting there's a problem and number two, owning it. Taking responsibility. It's not anybody else's fault. Quit looking for somebody else to blame. Own it. That's the third faith principle. He's telling them, folks, you see our situation. It's time to do something about it. Do something. That's what he's saying to them. But here's what else he does. Because it takes more than just admitting it. Do you ever notice that? Because you can sit there all day long because you have. Yeah, things are terrible. Yeah, things are terrible. We'll just need to get used to it. We'll just need to get used to it. Because it takes more than just admitting the issue. I want you to notice what else he does here. Look with me at verse 18. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build, that they set their hands to do this good work. Now here's the fourth thing I want you to see about Nehemiah. Nehemiah encouraged the Jews by reflecting on God's past faithfulness here's what he did we got a bad situation we got an enormous task that's at hand here but you know yeah we got to do something we got to own it we got to admit it but here's what I want you to see Nehemiah says just so you know that God's with us this is what God did in bringing me here he was reminding them of what? God's Faithfulness. Now, here's the fourth principle. Faith rests in God's past faithfulness in your life. All right, listen to me. You are here today, and you got a broken wall, or maybe you're here today, and you're going through a difficult circumstance and a situation, and you need God to help you. You need God to do something. You need God to, to show himself mighty in your situation. Cause it's just collapsing around you. But you're not sure. Cause we're human beings, right? We get nervous. Don't we? Isn't that right? We start worrying and, and we start wondering, God, are you really going to help me out of this? God, are you really going to help me out of this? Or God, are you really going to help me out of this? And we start asking that over and over again and we start panicking, we start panicking, panicking. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to stop for a moment. Take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. Okay. I want you to think with me. I want you to think back to the last crisis he got you through. Did he get you through it? Yeah, he did. Think back to the pattern of all of the things that you've gone through of all the times that he got you through it, right? Do you think back? You, you, even Back then, if you think about it, you were worried then and you were like, I don't know what you're going to do, God. How are you going to get me through this? Think back. Think back with me. Didn't he get you through it? Didn't he answer prayer? Faith rests in God's faithfulness in your life. So now you've got this huge problem, this wall that needs to be rebuilt. How can you do it? You can't do it. But you have a God who has brought you through other broken walls. You have a God who's rebuilt other situations. You have a God who has answered you so many times before and he's the one who put it in your heart, right? He put it in your heart to do something about this. And folks, he never tells you to do things so that you can figure it out on your own. He tells you to do things so that he can show himself mighty in your life as he uses you to do what he's calling you to do. Faith rests in the past faithfulness of God. So let me ask you a question. Are you sick of living with the broken walls? Are you? Okay. Can you do something about them? No, you can't. But God can. Why? Because he's done it before. But there's one more principle that we see from this passage. I want you to notice with me verse 19 to 20. But when Zanbalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said... What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Here's what was going on. Remember I told you that when King Nebuchadnezzar defeated the Jews, Eighty years before, he took them away and brought other people in. And so these other people have been living in the area, and they think that it all belongs to them now. And they're not happy with the Jews rebuilding their city. They're not really caring about the well-being of the city and the Jews there. And so they start opposing what Nehemiah is doing. Ah, you're not doing right here. You're rebelling against the king. You can notice they don't really know what's going on because the king's the one who's told him to what? Rebuild the walls. But I want you to notice now what Nehemiah does. This is the point I want you to see here. In spite of opposition, Nehemiah trusted God for success in rebuilding the walls. He said, God's going to prosper us. We're not listening to you. We're not worried about you. You don't have any claim to us. You don't have any claim to this situation. There's not even a memorial to you in Jerusalem. Because our God is going to take care of us. That was his attitude to the opposition. So here's the fifth faith principle. Faith looks past the opposition and puts its trust in God. Because I know what you're saying, George. All right, you know, but the broken walls, it's a relationship issue. And I already tell you right now, as much as I want that to be healed, they don't. Or I've got this broken wall in this situation here, not just a relationship, but some other thing. And, I don't know how that's going to happen. That's not going to take place. But I'm going to tell you something. You've got to put your trust in something else other than than the situation, other than the person that needs to change. you got to put your trust in who? God. Because can God change situations? Yeah. Can God move hearts? Well, you don't know how hard this heart is. Can God soften hearts? In fact, what you may not be realizing is, is God may already be at work. You have to put your trust where? In Him. See, faith looks past the opposition. And you, but you don't understand, George. It's big. It's enormous. I don't know. And you get scared when you look at the opposition, right? You look at the obstacles. But faith looks past the obstacles because faith puts its trust in who? God. That's what we need to do. So let me wrap this up. All right, so here's what's going on with this series. God has led our church into this series for a purpose. He is wanting to address some broken walls. He's wanting to address them in your life and in the church's life. Now the question is, he's revealing that to us. What are we going to do about it? That's your decision. So let me just encourage you to do this. Step out on faith. Rise up and build. Because you're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in who? God.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.